On this episode of the Minds with Hakeem podcast, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Joseph Johnson of Change Course. Yeah, on this episode, we talked a lot about what Change Course is, how you can get involved, how you can find more leaders. So we really hope you guys pay attention. And there's a big call at the end. We hope you guys are receptive of that call. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Minds with Hakeem podcast. I'm your host, Jawan Hakeem, and I'm honored to be sitting here with my lovely guest, Joe Johnson. Say what's up to everybody, Joe. How are you doing? Good to be here today. It's a blessing to have you here, man. I'm really excited about this episode. Um, Just a little background before we get into Joe. Me and Joe met each other at this networking event, and then our relationship just took off full circle. So it's really awesome to have him sitting on my podcast today and just uh we finna figure out and learn about joe and learn about this new this new nonprofit that they have started with him and his wife karen so blessing to have you here thank you for coming on today thanks it's a privilege to be here with you yes sir so um as as warren um i start with the icebreaker question and the one for this season is if you could have one superpower in the world what would it be and why i think it'd be ultrasonic speed like so i could i could really get the things that i want to get finished completed really quickly and then relax in the things that i wanted to enjoy like family and friends and mm. and um and study of the word and things like that and to so. be able to enjoy the things that you want to do yeah the stuff that's hard that we got to do is wipe it out fast yeah. right you know super speed and i like i like the way you described it because it was never described that way most of the time it's described as i can be in Des Moines and run to Atlanta real fast. I tell up, I'm like, it's not about that. But I like the way you described it. That's a, that's it would save gas too. It would. And, and it would. man, with the gas prices. It would. Have you I'm ever seen you. Sonic the Hedgehog? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, no, that's, that's awesome, Joe. But um, let's, let's get directly into you, man. Um, first of all, I want to ask you just with change course, which where we're going to, um, in this episode, because we want people to follow that mission. We want people to support it, get behind mm-hmm. it as best as we can. I feel it's important that they know about you and your wife, Karen, and just everything that y'all have done. So first and foremost, um, to start Change Course, which they'll learn more about later, how did you get here today to be able to start a nonprofit at this time and this drastic amount of time that we have at the season that we're living in? How did you get here today? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, Karen and I have been married 42 years. So we I wish I had uh, my hand claps. I'm in yeah, a new spot. I'm we celebrate marriage and love. Uh, we are, I'm really grateful for that. And uh, God has blessed us, but we've went, we've gone through some hard times. Mm. Um, back in 1995, I had made some poor choices in business and got myself involved in, in ab- abusing the use of funds in mm. the financial world. We had four little kids from two to 10 and my life was really falling apart, but I was hiding it from everybody else. Mm. And it was causing me to get ill and sick. And, you know, you talk about uh, the Psalms talk about how David said my sin was eating me from the inside out. Mm. And that's exactly what was happening with my life. Mm. Came down with ulcerative colitis. I came down with all kinds of different diseases that most old people get. Yeah. Because I was so stressed of what was happening in my mm-hmm. life and trying to cover it all up. Well, I came forward and, and shared that with my wife. I couldn't take it any longer, and I confessed that. Mm-hmm. And long story short, what ended up happening is after confessing that, I ended up going to a federal prison camp mm-hmm. in Yankton, South Dakota, 
for six months. I ended up with a 12-month federal split sentence, six months in and six months under house arrest. Mm. And <clears throat> that experience in that prison camp changed my life. Yeah. I was fortunate to meet some men there that I would have never encountered in my life as a middle-class person in, uh, in just the, uh, Des Moines, Iowa. I met men that, um, that made me realize not everybody has the same opportunities that I did. I had a loving community that came around me when I messed up and, mm -hmm. and broke down and, and um, my life was falling apart. Our lives are falling apart. I had a wife that stayed with me through that, even though it was extremely difficult for her. Absolutely. And she took on the shame of my mistakes, didn't leave me and stayed by my side. And, um, and I had um, just a healthy community around mm -hmm. me. And I wanna, I wanna, I wanna interject because I got two quick questions in the middle of your story. For one, I just want you to first off, I want you to speak volume to how important a community is, whether you're going through good times or bad times, right. to you, just with your experience. Yeah, I've seen guys without community, mm -hmm. and those are the guys that keep coming back to prison mm -hmm. because they leave and then they don't have any support. They go back to an unhealthy uh, atmosphere. They don't get the job they need. They end up going back into crime the way they did because mm. they have to survive. Yep. And, and I began to understand that. Community is crucial for us to have a safe place to know that Absolutely. we can make mistakes and be lifted up, that we can celebrate things together, mm -hmm. we can help each other along the way. And so community and the love of a community is crucial to somebody really changing mm -hmm. their lives and being able to become all that God intended them Absolutely. to be originally. Right? Absolutely. I asked you that question too because like I really want people to understand just the importance of community because like especially in today's world we try to do a lot of things isolated and right. and th things like that. It it it's more effective when you got a team, when you got a people who love you, who celebrate your wins and really celebrate your wins or who's when you when you you get a loss, they're there to pick you up and give you good words. And people ask me all the time, because I'm from Beaumont, Texas, and people ask me, why are you in Des Moines? The one reason I still stay in Des Moines is because of the community I have here. Yeah, I don't have this community. No, that's, the, that's, I, right. that's my best answer. It's like, I got community here. I got people who genuinely love me and my wife and look out for the best of us. And it's hard to create that. So that's why I want to ask yeah, you. Yeah, and community also holds us accountable to change. Absolutely. If, if I know that if they know, if I know you're living a destructive lifestyle and I care deeply about mm -hmm. you, I got to say, come on, man, we got to, we got to move the other direction. Yep. I'll walk with you. Mm -hmm. I'll help you, but it's you huge. can't keep going that same direction. It's huge. And, and yes. And, and most of the people that I ran into in this experience, mm -hmm. they didn't have a father figure in their life. Yeah. And, they didn't have anybody that says, come on, let's move a different direction. They instead said to them, yeah, that's what you're going to be because your dad was in prison. You're going to be a, in prison too. That's just And that's they conceptualize that and they run with that lifestyle right. and do that. And they become what they've been told Absolutely. they are all their lives. Absolutely. And then they do things to survive. Mm -hmm. and, and those things typically are unhealthy. One thing you always say too is, especially when I hear you talk, especially when you got people attention, you always say, that you fell in love with fatherless men in that yeah, situation. That's right. Like, and you just kind of hit on that, but I do want to, I want to <laughs> dive a little deeper there because like you put up a graphic, um, just the statistics of fatherless children and their rate of going to prison. I believe it was like what? 85%. Yeah. Or something like that. And 
that was I want you to speak to that, but like that just blew my rocker. It was just like because like I grew up without a dad personally in my everyday life, and I feel like I am truly blessed to be in that fifteen percent. Like that's not yeah. easy. Like because like eighty five percent. So I did when you, when you showed that graphic and you y'all was doing a pre- presentation. I was blown away by it. Like I didn't know the numbers was that bad, but I want you to speak to kind of like how you fell in love with fatherless men and during that time in prison, and yeah, just what. Well, I, I'll kind of wait till we get the change. Of course, yeah, just talk about the father, how you fell in love with fatherless men. Yeah, that that percentage is eighty five percent of those youth in prison are from fatherless homes, and that that dilemma causes many other problems. Mm. One of those problems is a single mom trying to raise kids by herself and living in poverty and 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 needing welfare and can't get out of that welfare cycle. Absolutely. So they're stuck. They've got to leave their kids alone to go to work. Mm-hmm. And the kids are in an atmosphere where they get into trouble. And it just you can see how just the cycle just keeps going. It's like a domino effect. Yeah. Starts with that father. But here's what I found most of the guys that I met in prison didn't have a good father figure. Mm-hmm. One gentleman in particular, a man, a young man, 21 years old, his name was Matt. And Matt uh, said he doesn't know who his real father is. Mm. And then the last 10 years, he's had about 10 different guys come through the house. Mm. Some would beat him. Some would send him on drug, um, drug deliveries, mm-hmm. which is how he got into the drug um, program anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, he, he uh, as I grew closer to him, when he was out in the yard with the other guys, he was real B.A. and come yeah, on, yeah, bring yeah. it on. Yeah, yeah. But when he was with me, he was like a kid. You know, he just, I'm 30, I'm only 35 years old then. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out how I messed up my life, right? And, and here he kept saying, man, I just would pour out his life. And I remember before I left, mm-hmm. and when you're in prison camp, you don't touch each other, right? Because yep. if you do, there's a good chance you're going to get strip searched and nobody wants that. Yeah. Right? And so he, before I left, he hugged me tight and he said, I love you. And he said, you're the closest thing to a father I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I'll never forget Matt. Now I couldn't stay in touch with Matt because felons, even after you're on. Can't even communicate. No, he can't communicate. I don't know where he is today, but Matt had such an impression, made such an impression on me. It changed the trajectory of my life. Mm. And I thought there's got to be a way. And I, I kept seeing these guys leave prison and then they'd come back. And I said, mm-hmm. why'd you come back? Say, well, nobody would give me a job. I had mm-hmm. to survive. So I ended up selling drugs again or, or stealing. Mm-hmm. And so really, if you think about it, that place was probably one of the safest places for them because mm-hmm. they had three solid meals. They had community, even though it was a dysfunctional community. They had, and it was a forced community, too, yeah. on top of being dysfunctional. But you had a gym to work out in, mm-hmm. and, and you had meals. You had a little a job that you made mm-hmm. 16 cents an hour, but what do you have to buy? Yeah. <laughs> Except they bought cigarettes, yeah. maybe, or things like that. Yeah. So in that atmosphere, I realized there has to be some way mm. to train these young men once they come out to get into the workplace and then have business owners hire them and give them their chance, wow. right? Yep. And so I had this dream on my mind ever since I got out, mm-hmm. and um, and so that was really what struck me a lot. How 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 long have you had that thought? It had twenty six years. That that's ridiculous. It's, like, it's, and and that's that's the thing. Never give up on a dream God gives you because mm, you never know when it's going to come mm, about. Here, twenty six years later, we're finally really stepping out 
and doing this thing that's Praise been in my heart for that whole time. Yep. And now I just want to walk right into change course. So kind of like with the background that you just said, what is exactly you and Karen are creating in Des Moines with a lot of beautiful other people who's coming alongside y'all? Explain change course in a nutshell to us real fast. Okay. Let me tell you real quick about how we found, how we discovered the model of change course. Absolutely. I was talking to a good friend of mine and I said, you know, I've got this on my heart. This was last year. I got this on my heart and I'm waking up at night thinking about it now. Mm. I got to move. I got to do something. And he said, it sounds like a program that my son volunteered for in Denver, similar to that called Cross Purpose. So you ought to go visit. So my wife, Karen, and I went to Cross Purpose last year in October, spent three days and we saw the testimonies of people's lives changed. And they said, man, I was in the gutter. I was homeless. I was sleeping out there on the, on the, on the stairs of that church. And now I'm a legal assistant, wow. right? Or now I've got my own business or now, mm-hmm. and they're telling these stories of changed lives. And we're mm-hmm. thinking, this is it. This is it. So we said to him, is there any way if we, we want to do this in Des Moines, you'll help us. They said, absolutely. You have to start your own 501c3 organization, raise your own money, but we will give you all of the things that we've done and let wow. you copy the model. Right. Wow. And so Karen and I flying back from Denver said, I, we got to do this. Now our retirement's going to look a whole lot different because <laughs> we're not, uh, we're not spring chickens, right? We're, <laughs> we are, uh, we're 63 years old and we're like, okay, this isn't what retirement was thing, looking like for us. Right. Yeah. But it was something that was on our heart for the whole time. Mm. And, and Karen and I have had the opportunity to give hope to a lot of people in a volunteer capacity with Absolutely. church because they knew our story and they'd send them to us when they felt like, man, my life is falling apart. Who do we talk to? We got a lot of those people over the last 20 years, mm-hmm. but now we're doing it together full time Let's go. and we're super excited about it. So here's what we do. It's a six-month program, and it's completely free mm-hmm. to the participants. The participants we call leaders because mm-hmm. they're going to lead themselves out of this program, out of their pro- uh, a problem, out of their situation, into the new uh, new course change. Right? Absolutely. So they have to. Um, so it's free to them. Mm-hmm. So and they get a, a stipend every two weeks. They get a hundred dollars stipend if they follow the rules, yep. just to help with transportation and stuff. Absolutely. For six weeks. We do personal development Mm -hmm. and that's where we just dive in to say, who are you? Do you know who you are? What are your dreams? Has anybody asked what you would love to be? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What's on your heart? How do you deal with conflict resolution? How do you deal with a boss that's unreasonable? How do you deal with your finances? How do you do a job interview? All those things that in a healthy family you might learn or a healthy community that these guys have never been taught. Absolutely. And so, those people coming out of prison, those people that are stuck in poverty, a single mom that's trying to raise her kids, that's stuck on welfare, can't make enough to get out. Uh, somebody coming out of a treatment, addiction treatment, mm-hmm. they need a new start. These are the people. Those, that are, the those, are, the those are the leaders. Those are the leaders. Okay. And then we're going to teach them to lead themselves out of their prop problem. Mm-hmm. And then those leaders, after that six weeks of personal development, where we just dive in and we love them, we're going to just say, hey, this is important to you. We're going to help you find out. And we're going to be like the mom and dad to these people, right? Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to make them feel loved. And then after that, they go into a career development program. We've tied up with DMAC as a really, they've been That's very, beautiful. very wonderful mm-hmm. to do short-term cert- certifications. 
and certified nursing assistant, IT, IT work, uh, um, administration, um, maybe CDL, construction mm-hmm. trades. Once they graduate that program, then we have a relationship with all these businesses that say, once they graduate, they have to go through the interview process, but we'll hire people out of your program for at least $18 an hour plus benefits, benefits. right? Mm-hmm. So we can give them an opportunity to have a long-term career. Mm. And they might just find that, that was the, that's one of the best employees they've ever had. Absolutely. It's kind of a hidden workforce that's there. That everybody's looking for workers. There's this hidden workforce that doesn't does even, not being developed. No, they don't even apply because mm-hmm. they look at the job description I'm and not, say they wouldn't hire me. I'm not me. qualified, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to make them realize they are qualified, and we're going to help them feel qualified. Mm. The bigger, the biggest thing that we're going to do is we're going to create a new community for them. I love that. So every other Wednesday night, we're going to have a family gathering. We bring everybody together. We feed everybody. We celebrate, we shout out victories, we play games to meet each other and get mm-hmm. to know each other deeper. We have volunteers that we call allies mm-hmm. that have been assigned to some of these people that yep. come into that family gathering. And we build relationships. Mm-hmm. We build a community that they know, no matter, even after you graduate, we're going to still stay in touch Absolutely. With you. We're going to see how you're doing. Yeah. What can we do for you? We got, you got new friends now. Yeah. You can't, you can't lose us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you're stuck with us. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't want people to miss this. <laughs> so as far as like the personal development and like the, um, whatever skill or what they want to go into allies will be a part of that whole process. Correct. That's right. Um, so just can you give a little detail on who is an ally or, who can come alongside these people and what they'll be doing in those different day to days. Cause I, you kind of hit on what they'll be doing at the, um, at the, uh, every other week. Family Wednesday. Yeah. Family yeah. gathering. But what is, what kind of the allies day to day will look like? They keep up with them, uh, throughout the week, mm-hmm. you know, the text or, yeah. Hey, if you need anything, let me know if you need a ride somewhere. Yeah. Uh, they Sit become, the they become a cheerleader. Absolutely. For that person saying, you know what? You can do it. If you need to talk to somebody, you talk to me. Mm. And they, uh, they become like a good friend. You know how, yep. how oftentimes you need that good friend to call you that one time and say, hey, how you doing? You doing all right? Yep. How's your studies going? Do you feel like you're getting somewhere? Mm-hmm. The other thing that we do that's really cool is we do, we're going to do a career explorer with them mm. so that we can determine what their passion is. What, what yeah. kind of work would you love to do? Mm-hmm. And then we'll match it with their background because sometimes with a background of uh, maybe if you had a, a background in, in uh, stealing like I did, you're not going to get a job at a bank, right? <laughs> or if you've got a background with drug problems or addiction, you probably won't become a nurse. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other ways that you can take your passions and we can find that career that's going to be fulfilling and then launch them into not just $20 an hour, but growing to 25 and 30 and, mm. you know, $75,000 yep. a year. Yep. Real careers that give them an opportunity to, to dream some dreams. And work their way up. And raise a family and do things for their kids they never thought they could. Mm-hmm. And one thing I absolutely just adore about Change Course, just looking at the module that works and being a part of that um, that gathering y'all had that kind of explained the whole module. Yeah. Is the fact that, like, how serious, like, conflict resolution is. I feel like to people that's very small, but, like, I grew up in an all-minority community. I know so many of my family members, so many of my good friends, who just walk right out of jobs with nothing left. Nothing left That's right. Because the boss yelled at them or because a co-worker yelled yeah. at them. They don't know how to have those small 
personal conversations that right. takes 45 seconds of un- un- uncomfortability and then move on and go to the next thing. So the fact that like those small skills will be taught just how to deal with a boss that's very demanding or how to deal with a coworker that's very annoying and like things of that sort. That part of the business model gets me so excited because I feel like as a minority and who come from impoverished community, we were never taught those things. I kind of had to learn those things on the fly. And basketball taught me a lot of those things with dealing with coaches and teammates and stuff like that. But everybody's not presented that opportunity. So to start back with the basics with a 40-year-old guy or 36-year-old woman is huge for them in their trajectory and going on that course. So I did want to just gloss over conflict resolution with, with the uh, personal development because the whole module is, I feel like, incompletion, but, like, that part really gets me excited. It's like, because I know that's not being taught, especially, like, it's not many places in America that's being taught. What was the gentleman's name from Cross Purpose who gave the speech to the guy who started, the pastor who started it? Jason Jans. Jason Jans. So when y'all went to Denver, he was one of the ones who was just sitting with you and Karen, right, and just kind of guiding y'all through how this process worked. What has been one of the biggest things you took from him that, besides I know the whole module, that uh, you're going to try to kind of emulate for change course in Des Moines? I think probably the biggest thing we took for him is, from him is that when you passionately care about their needs ahead of your own, mm-hmm. they're going to recognize that, and you're going to build that trusting relationship. That trusting relationship is cru- crucial mm-hmm. for them to believe that, because, you know, people have taken advantage of them or, or said they do stuff yep. and not done stuff for them. They, that's been their livelihood, mm. and that's why they walk away from relationships. Because, yep. you know, even the, the friends that they thought they had, when times get tough, they walk away from them. Or Absolutely. if it's going to save their tail, they'll they'll uh, rat out yeah, another guy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so many guys in prison said, "Yeah, some guy ratted on me. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here. They didn't catch me." But yeah. So they're used to those kind of relationships. We have to create a new relationship, mm-hmm. one that is sincere, wow. one that is genuine, one that is based on "I love you" just because. Who God are. loves you too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're you're just as important as I am. Yeah. Let's do this together. Right. Yeah. Let's build a relationship that says, hey, when when you need to be lifted up, I'll lift you up. But you know yeah. what? You do that for me too when I'm down one day. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because they they've got to be able to feel like I can contribute as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. That that's that's beautiful. Like I, I even like miss that part of the whole like thing is just like how important because relationships are hard. Like relationships hard, get yeah. difficult. Like You've been yep. married for what? Was it 44, 42? 42, 42. All right. I was close. Um, you've been <laughs> married for 42 years. You know how hard the relationship with the person oh, yeah. you love the most on earth is. So that's that's a really good piece to just be vibrant in their life because that's missing today. Um, before we uh, really hit on just like the volunteering aspect of it, I kind of want to hit on just your wife, Karen, and y'all doing this together and how important is that to you to be coming alongside with your wife at this stage of y'all marriage and trying to help yeah. change the help change the trajectory of Des Moines? Well, um, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my wife, Karen, because she uh, was my biggest supporter when I was at the very bottom. She saw the ugliest part of me when I was the wor- at the worst, mm-hmm. when nobody else saw that. And yet through it all, she stayed by my side. And she said, we're going to do this together. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be difficult. There are times when she didn't love me. Yeah. 
because I wasn't very lovable. Mm -hmm. But her faithfulness, first to the Lord, but then also to me, mm -hmm. was what kept me going. And now we have the marriage we always dreamed of. You know, yeah. we can't wait to see each other. Yeah. She's the first one I want to call. And having thinking of partnering with her to breathe hope into other people every day. Mm. I mean, what what joy could be greater than that for me? What a blessing. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so we're really going to pay forward what our community did for us. Mm -hmm. We're going to model it by what we do for each other. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can influence others to say, you know what, I could do that too. Yeah, yeah. And and we want to be we want to be behind them and encouraging them every single day. That's awesome. I definitely wanted to get that part because uh, that's beautiful with what y'all creating and doing it together. Um, so uh, I just need to get that out. Uh, before we get into involvement, I did have one more. And when you was talking about Karen, it made me think about this. What would you say to the person who's living a double life or just getting eat up with guilt when you felt sick and you felt like you just couldn't do it anymore. What would you say to that person? What's the first step you took to get out of that darkness? Yeah. Um, the scariest thing, the scariest thing is to confess it, to be, to, to share and tell tell the truth of what's really mm -hmm. going on you because yeah, I'm afraid of what you're going to think of me. If mm -hmm. you, if you realize that I have the capacity to be that bad of a person, mm -hmm. you're not going to want anything to do with me. That's mm. what's in my mind, right? Because I've worked so hard to create this image for you that I thought you needed me to be in your life to be valuable. Mm -hmm. Once I made that decision to confess it, it was super difficult and super scary. Absolutely. And it seemed as though things fell apart, but it was the beginning of freedom, mm. right? It's that step of going to someone you trust and say, I've got to get this off my chest and, and I've got to tell you what it is and I need help, right? Wow. Ask for help. And once you do that, you know, our life went down to the bottom. I got very depressed, but that was the beginning of being built into a new man. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And now I have everything I could ever hope for in relationships, in a marriage, in my relationships with my kids. Mm -hmm. But... I had to be broken first. Yes. And you can't be afraid of that, but you have to surround yourself with people who are loving and won't give up on you. And they'll pick you up and have that community. that says, mm. come on, let's go. Yeah, it's ugly. I don't know why you did it, but yeah. it doesn't matter because now I'm going to walk with you and we're going to, we're going to change the direction of your life. Mm. All right, Joe. Um, just, I want to give you the opportunity to just give uh, just one thing you don't want people to miss when they view this episode that we may have breeze past or something that you've been holding on you want to say? Well, if I'm speaking to those people that are potential leaders, mm -hmm. I want you to know, I want them to know they're worth it. I want them to know mm -hmm. they can change the direction of their life. Mm -hmm. I want them to know there is hope. And I want them to know there are employers mm -hmm. that will hire them, that we can connect them with, that will care about them, mm -hmm. that want them, that want good employees that'll stay with them for a long time and build a career and mm -hmm. make a good living. Yep. I want, I don't want them to give up. I don't want them to feel like you're stuck. Mm. So those potential leaders and then those potential allies or volunteers mm -hmm. don't sit there and pretend like, well, I can't really help. I don't understand their plight. I've never been there. Mm. The best way to understand the struggle is to get in the struggle with them. Yes. Right? Yes. When I was sitting in prison, I began to understand a struggle I would have never known had I not entered that with them. Wow. 
And the worst thing you can do is sit in your little comfortable area where you know the people in your neighborhood and I'm all comfortable. Hello. Mm -hmm. And then go back in your house at night, right? Yeah. Like Americans do. Instead, get involved with people that are different than you mm. and have come from a different place yeah. and embrace that and say, I'm going to grow. Though You can't believe the change that will happen in them. You'll learn. You'll oh, learn from them. The, I learned from those young men uh, things that I've never changed. They've changed my life. They were the inspiration to me. That's right? beautiful. And I didn't anticipate that. Yeah. Right. I think and I think too, just um if you're listening to this episode right now and you are a future ally of change course, um, and you know a person, you know one of these leaders he's speaking to who's been in poverty, who's been out of prison and can't hold down a job, you know, share this episode with them and also get them in touch with me. You know how to find me. You know how to find you at the end of this episode, you know how to find Joe and Karen. But if you're listening, you're an ally. Get involved. Like, that's the call. And if you're listening, you're a leader, don't be afraid to reach out. Take that first step. Like, that first step is the hardest step, but that's on the brink of your next greatness, your next achievement. So um, definitely can – I definitely didn't want to miss that, Joe, so I appreciate you sharing that. So how can people get involved? Um, how can my minds community get involved, and where can we find you guys at as well? A couple of things, four things. Number one, if you're possibly, if you feel like you want to really step up in your career, you're stuck, you can't, you can't get beyond it, you can't make enough money just yep. to make one job uh, uh, help pay the bills, mm -hmm. you got to work two jobs, you're not with your family on the weekends or the evenings, be a person that contacts us, mm. okay, and say, hey, let me, I have an interest form, let me put an application in, and let's see if they're pre-approved for that. Yep. You know, there's no commitment they don't have to pay anything again. It's and they're it's all free for them. Yeah. So reach out to us and see, hey, is this for us? And let's find out. Yeah. Uh secondly, if you are a person that would want to volunteer and be a part of this, give us a call and say or or, or let us know on the on the website, hey, I'd like to I'd like to see about helping out, mm -hmm. being a part of that, being an ally. Yeah. Third thing is that uh a nonprofit always needs money. Yeah. Right. People can participate by being an investor in this and partnering with us and investing in the lives of other people. Mm -hmm. Karen and I will do the heavy lifting yeah, because we're passionate about this, right? We want to be right there face-to-face -face holding the hands and lifting people up. Absolutely. Some people aren't, aren't able to do that, but they can give, even if it's $25, $50, $100 a month or a, or a larger amount that they can just help because it helps pay for the scholarships of these people. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, um, we need those those business owners that say, "Hey, I want to hire some of those people." Yes. Can I? Can you contact me? Because uh, I want to give those people a second chance. Mm -hmm. So if you're a business owner and they say, "Hey, let me let me participate that way. Let me give people jobs," mm -hmm. and we I'll pay that amount for people who are really ready to work hard. Wow. Yeah. And I I'm glad you closed with that because I completely forgot about just the communication that you've been doing with these business businesses to try to get them to hey. We'll hire people. Yeah. We'll, we'll get people in. So, yeah, that's another extremely important message. If you're a business owner or you're very good friends with business owners, please have them get in touch because um, it would be perfect if they called Joe before Joe or Karen called them. Like That will <laughs> make our lives a lot easier. So if you're a business owner, please get involved. Um, we ask that you you uh, get behind this clause. And if you uh, want to donate, 
I think I think we should run a fundraiser together with the podcast and change scores just to see how much we can scrum. My community can scramble up for. Oh, I love for it. The, yeah, I think we should. And, I think hey, we're going to do that again. Even that twenty five dollars a month that's that's going to give us. It's going to add up. Yes, and that's going to give us revenue to keep operating, to keep giving lives. Because we're going to do a class of 25 people November 7th. I'll be our first class. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to do 50 people next year. Um, we're going to have another class of 50. And then 2024, we're going to have two classes of 50. We're going to have 100 people. Mm -hmm. In Denver, they're graduating 200 people a year. Wow. Four classes of 50 that run throughout wow. the year. And they're growing into four other areas around Denver because of the uh, popularity of the mm -hmm. program. And more importantly, people's lives are being changed and they're being lifted out of poverty and they're giving an opportunity to feel good about themselves. Yep. Say, you know what? I, I, I can have that car that I hope to have one day, or I can, I can go on a vacation with my kids. Cause yep. you know what? I get vacation now. Yep. Right. So things like that, that just make people feel encouraged. I, I just can't tell you enough how important it is just to have as many partners as we can. Absolutely. We'd love to have, you know, a thousand people giving 25 bucks a Absolutely. month, you know, instead of just big, a few donors. Few, yep. I'd love to have a community of people say, we want to be a part of this. Yep. So it's baby steps. Anybody can get involved, uh, no matter where you at. If you listen to this episode, there's the call to get involved. So, um, Karen, did we miss, did we, did we miss anything? Did we? Absolutely. Des Moines, you heard her. That's the call. Like, um, we yeah. need y'all. So, Joe, any final remarks before we get off of here? No, I thank you. Thank I you know, thank you for what you're doing too. Absolutely. For reaching out. Uh you're one of the you're one of the most vibrant, um, kind and caring people that I have met. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're taking your heart and you're taking it out there and saying, What can I do to make lives better? No. Keep up the good that. work. This is a, this you. is an important podcast. Absolutely. I appreciate you and I appreciate your wife and everything y'all brought to me and my wife life. And I appreciate you for coming, taking the time out y'all night to come shoot this episode with us. Um, so uh, without further ado, change course, everybody. Joe, thank you, sir. You you're a brother to me. Yeah, regardless. Me too, brother. Um, and I uh, appreciate everything you're doing. And yeah, we're behind you. We're with you. We'll get behind your message any day. Thank Love you, you brother. Love you, too. <laughs> Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Minds with Our King podcast. If you enjoyed what Joe shared today, share this episode with a friend. Leaders share this episode with allies. Allies share this episode with leaders. If you made it this far, I want to give you a very special thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, peace.